Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show Episode 34, uh, my name is Dan Frost and as always supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight we've got Beck, we've got Alex, no Stacey tonight, but Alex, I'm going to throw this straight at you because, you know, we're going to reflect on week 13 and some of the surprising results that we saw uh, over the weekend. We did see something pretty special, take it away, take us to Detroit. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great to see and great to watch. Last four seconds, Detroit Lions get their first win. I mean... Like it's as a football fan, you're like, oh, good for them. Like, it's just one of those moments. (laughs) Like it wasn't, I mean, it was a great game to watch, you know, like the lions were leading the whole way. The Vikings kind of clawed their way back. So it was great to see the lions get that win off it. And for the last four seconds and to kind of go the way they did in such kind of outlandish fashion in the last four seconds, you know, it, it, I think it's a fun way to win. I mean, I called it for the underdog in the last episode. I said Lions are going to win, and they did. So clearly I know what I'm doing. Super happy for the little rookie to get his first touchdown as the game-winning touchdown too. Like it's almost like a happy ending. Like they could finish their season now and be done. Yeah, yeah. I would if I was them. <laughs> and uh, and you come away from it just being a massive fan of their coach, Dean Campbell, like – you know, it's not very often where you go through a miserable season, you don't win any games besides, you know, obviously this is the first week they've actually got a victory, but you just you just can't help but uh, not like the guy. He's, um, he's certainly got a lot of personality and, uh, yeah, given all the adversity they've gone through, I hope they're loyal to him because despite there's, uh, you know, there's no results there, but you can see what he's trying to build. So, yeah, well done to Detroit. I didn't think we'd be starting the show with that, but uh, great to see them pull off a massive upset against a really high-quality Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, look, in terms of my most impressive performance from Week 13, it's got to be the LA Chargers. Now, we have come hard at the Los Angeles franchises. We've said they've been soft on defense. There was still a little bit of that, but it was really good to see the young quarterback, Justin Herbert, uh, be able to sort of stand up and uh, and get the job done there. That's what we spoke about, him being able to overcome adversity, overcome a little bit of softness in his defense and get the job done. And he came up against another red-hot quarterback, Joe Burrows was outstanding uh, in a beaten team. A couple of interceptions, but still, um, you know, high-quality players. That was a really impressive win for me there. Beck, what about yourself? What was uh, what was your pick? I mean, I can't go past the Seattle win this week. Like, we've had some rough weeks. It's been a tough season for us. And to see us come out this week against the division rivals in the 49ers who have been on a hot streak come out and our defense plays super hard. We got two picks, we got a sack, and then our special team scoring a touchdown. Russell Wilson is still coming back from that finger injury. I think our offense still has something to build on, but we scored four touchdowns as well. So, I mean, Seattle is looking good. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, tonight we're going heavy into the NFC South. I'm going to start with a, a really important clash for that division uh, as the Carolina Panthers take on the Atlanta Falcons. 
Alex, I'm going to start with you and, and let's let's take a look at Carolina and let's take it back to their head coach. Obviously, there was a lot of buzz in and around Matt Rule coming in from Baylor, coming in from that successful college stint. Um, you know, he's got quite the resume, Matt. But uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about, about the coach and the excitement that was building there at Carolina before we get into some of their challenges. Yeah, I, yeah, there was a lot of excitement. I think there's a lot of potential that he has as a coach. And I used like potential as the key word there because I think that's going to be the frame for Carolina and it has been kind of the framework we've used Carolina a lot in the past. It's that potential. Um, I think he has a lot of potential as a coach. I think, I don't know whether it's his decision-making or it's the players just not gelling out there, but I think it, it's hard because he does has a, he does have a great resume behind him coming from Baylor. And it's frustrating when you have the injuries that they've had and you're kind of your key aspect to your game, which is your run game through Christian McCaffrey goes down for a second year in a row. Like I don't, that, that's just a struggle. And for them to be kind of now going through firing Joe Brady and, and that type of aspect as well, you know, he's got a tough back end of the season, I think ahead of him for sure. I mean, not just talking about the running game and the chain, like the injuries there, but also the quarterbacks as well. Like this offense has been so disjointed all year. They've had hardly any consistency. They've been hit with injuries left, right. Players are coming in, players are leaving. Like I feel sorry for him as a coach because he's trying so hard, but what can you do when you're two, you know, most important roles on the field are constantly changing. Yeah, it's very difficult. And I, and I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, some of your biggest gambles when it comes to building a roster doesn't always pay off. I mean, look, if, if you strip it all the way back and you have a look at the Carolina team, they have absolutely loaded up on the defensive side of the ball. In fact, when Matt first came in in his first year, he went through an entire draft solely drafting defensive players. So they are absolutely loaded when it comes to the defensive side. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball, you know, for a team that did dominate on, on defense, they still have talent there. They still have CMC. We're going to touch on him and some of his injuries and that big contract and what that means for Carolina. You've got DJ Moore, so you certainly have enough. But Alex, all roads lead back to the quarterback. So before we get into Cam Newton talk, let's first touch on Sam Darnold. Now, honest, from the heart, talk to us about Sam. You know, what do you think about him as a player? You know, is he a guy that was just unlucky in terms of the systems that he's been in? Or have we seen enough of him to know who Sam Darnold is at this stage? Look, I think it's always tough when you come out of high, come out of college and you're one of the top quarterbacks. The hard thing is, is you go to probably one of the lower end teams in the NFL because they're the ones that get that draft pick because of how they play. So it's through no fault of his own. I think that's the way the system works. That's how it goes. Um, so it's tough for him. But I think he's been with two teams now, two franchises, and he's still not – excelling in that position he's still not being that standout quarterback it's not like he didn't have receivers in New York it's not like he doesn't have receivers in Carolina he does so I think at this point you got to start looking at Sam and go are you an NFL quarterback because based on what I've seen this past year I don't think he is and I, I maybe he's just a backup and you use him sparingly and he goes through the league and he can play for the next 10 years as a backup but as a starting quarterback I just don't know if he has the gumption behind him either, like that drive to go out there and win when he falls behind. Yeah, and Beck, I think that's fair enough. You know, Sam Darnold, you know, if he found himself in a in one of the top franchises, you know, a New England Patriots sort of situation where there's full stability 
you know, within that within that franchise, you know, maybe you know you, you've got the time, you've got the patience to kind of to kind of you know build with Sam Darnold over a five year period. But there's there's so many franchises in the NFL where you just don't have time to wait for these quarterbacks to sort it out. They've either got it or they don't. And unfortunately, Sam just uh, he's playing way too reckless. All right, Beck, talk to us a little bit now about the return of Cam Newton. There was so much excitement. I even got caught up in the storylines despite, you know, watching him very, very closely in New England. You know, the, the wheels slightly may have potentially fallen off there against Miami before the bye. Um, talk to us about Cam Newton. What's your thoughts? Um, it appears that he'll probably, probably play out the remainder of the season. Do you see him being the quarterback for Carolina uh, next season? I mean, I too got stuck in all of the hype of him coming back. The first game, two touches, two touchdowns. Like it was super exciting. The comeback of Cam Newton. He was excited. The team was excited. Like, like you said, Sam Darnold, you know, wasn't really leading this team and Cam Newton had been there before. He has what it takes. We've seen it. We've seen him go to a Super Bowl. Um, But I just think the time that he had off at the beginning of the season hasn't done him any good. Like, you know, he... I've always known, like, I've always thought that he's been an inaccurate passer. Like, that's not his biggest strength. And as a quarterback, when you have receivers like he does on that team, you need to be accurate and you need to be able to get your receivers the ball, especially now that CMC is out and your running game isn't really as strong and you can't rely on it as much. We can't rely on him to throw the ball accurately either. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season. I mean, his last game was pretty dismal. I think we're all pretty disappointed. He has five passes, uh, five completions for 22 passes and two intercepts. Like that has to be one of the worst quarterback ratings we've seen in a while. Like that's not a great game. And especially on his behalf too, we expect so much more from him. Um, but yeah, like you said, we will probably see him play out the rest of the season. I don't know what's in for him next year though. I think it's hard because like, as we've all said, right, that was an exciting storyline when that came through, like, oh, he's going back to Carolina. In my opinion, I don't think he really should ever have left Carolina. I think that was a detriment to his game and who he is as a quarterback, because I think they were building a system around him. And I think that's kind of, they now don't have a quarterback like him. So they're trying to fit quarterbacks into a system that they were building around Cam Newton. And I think the issue right now is they've gone, well, if we get Cam Newton back, that's the band-aid that'll fix it. And I think that's not something that you can't in this game, you can't fix with a bandaid. It's not a quick plug, you know, and, and everything's going to be fine. It's all going to flow. I mean, when you look at their stats for the previous week, cause they are coming off uh, a buy. So we're looking at week 12, you know, my, Christian McCaffrey is their top runner. And then the next person below that, when he's running at 10 attempts, the next person is running at one or two attempts. Like that is a, that's a big discrepancy between the two. But then you also look at their receiving. I don't know whether this is just the one game or not, but DJ Moore, top receiver, four receptions, 103 yards. And then the next person was one reception for 24 yards. So I think they need to start utilizing more of their team. So they have more players that they can utilize. I think Cam Newton as well is the type of player where he feels like he has to carry the team and he has to be the big playmaker. So when they are in situations where receivers aren't getting open and there's no running game, he feels like he has to force the plays and be the big player. And sometimes it's not there and it makes him look bad when he does force things. Yeah, it's certainly not where we expected this franchise to be. And, and I, I guess, you know, Alex, you mentioned it before, but the firing of Joe Brady, it that just does not make any sense. But at the same time, it's on brand for this owner. You know, David Tepper, he is a... 
yeah, he, he's a guy that has zero patience. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting because he can certainly be in a position where he can blow this whole thing up. But, um, no, it's going to be really interesting to see how they perform. Just quickly before we move on to the Atlanta Falcons, just quick around the grounds on CMC. Uh, I guess we're at a position, and, and I guess the, the direct question I've got for you is, we're past paying talented running backs, yeah? Like, obviously... We've seen too many instances now where franchises are getting burnt. These running backs, they're just breaking down uh, when their money's due. Quick round the grounds. Beck, do you agree with that? Because, you know, that's a lot of money to give Christian McCaffrey. He's earned it. He's done amazing things, but he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about the um, lifespan of a running back in the league, and the average is three to four years. So, I mean, you only need to pay a running back twice before you see new guys coming in and new talent that you can pick up and pay less. So to pay someone the big money who's constantly being injured, I just I don't see the worth in it. And, Alex, I know it's hard to let someone like CMC walk out the door. Would you be confident enough to, to let him go and manage his salary cap or would you be sort of paying him? What's your, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, I, I, w- I probably wouldn't let him go because I think then mm. they'd really be struggling to find what their offense means to them. I think you need to have somebody that is there that knows what they're doing. I'd like to see them do a little bit what Dallas has done, where they've where they've had that kind of star running back. They maybe didn't have a good year. They got injured, and they bought in like a second-tier running back who's probably just as good. So it, it, it alleviates some of that workload off the first running back. It gives that second running back some some time and then you've got two that you can play off and work with and I think that's the way that they should be moving forward and you shouldn't be giving the big money to one but you should be looking to do it as like a pair (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and we've seen that work quite successfully uh down there in Cleveland as well all right guys well saying all of that the reason why we're so interested in the NFC South is it's completely open outside of Tampa Bay the the remainder of this division are all stuck on five and seven they're all equal second a bad football team's about to hit the playoffs. This is going to be really interesting. Uh, Alex, let's talk the Atlanta Falcons because, you know, and, and we've spoken about it in this episode, we can get sentimental and, you know, we can obviously be those fans. But when you manage a, a billion-dollar franchise, you've really got to put your feelings aside. This is a team that just continues to buy into Matt Ryan. I, I just, I, you know, the, the fans are in disbelief as to how this franchise has not moved on from him What's your thoughts? Would you have kept Matt Ryan? Would you be moving on for him? Because, you know, he's very much up and down. I think he deserves better a little bit. I think he's got a decent arm on him. I think he's got some good moments. I just feel like they haven't maybe built him up for success sometimes with his with the personnel around them. I mean, he hasn't had Julio Jones all year. They've had some injuries with some kind of star players in that regard. So it's it's hard, you know, with Calvin Ridley also being out for most of it. So I think it's a little kind of premature to go, oh, we just need to sack, we need to get rid of him. You know, he kind of he, – he reminds me a little bit of um, of Rivers a little bit, kind of that same type of quarterback. He's got an arm. He's got to go when he has time. I just – he's just inconsistent. So I, I don't know <sighs> – yeah, it's hard. You know, I think he deserves better as far as the personnel around him sometimes. I mean, we all know that he has the potential to be a great quarterback. We've seen it. He's got the experience. He's been around long enough to lead a team and make good decisions in the backfield. Like you said, he's struggled with personnel because of injuries, but also 
we've seen players like Kyle Pitts come through who he should be targeting and should be having big games and he's not. So is that on Matt Ryan? Is that on the play calling? Is it, you know, are they not connecting? Like what's happening for that not to gel when there's no one else he's like got going for him? Yeah, and and for me, I, I just think they probably underestimated where they were as a franchise in terms of a rebuild. Like they went out and you know spent you know very you got to you know obviously these really high draft picks they're very expensive. They went out and, and you know this guy's going to be a generational talent and his tight end Kyle Pitts he looks amazing, but he's kind of like a cherry on top you know for one of those top franchises. The fact that Atlanta did that they didn't trade back they didn't build and they didn't identify a lot of the weaknesses within their team I think uh, I think it was a little bit of a a little bit of a challenge there and Arthur Smith still trying to find his way there in, in there in Atlanta definitely I, I agree with you. I think it was one of those things where they went oh we've made the playoffs the last kind of couple of years we're okay but I think there's like a drastic difference between like that they're they're like mediocre so I think they've had they've been lucky with kind of getting in the playoffs kind of the last couple of years. I don't I can't sit here and say Atlanta has earned their right to be in the playoffs based on how they've played. I think it's just come down to other teams and winning and losing. And it's all of a sudden you're like, oh, Atlanta's back in. So then it, you kind of look at your team and go, we've made the playoffs the last couple of years. We don't need to be in like a full rebuilding phase. We're fine. Yeah. But I think you're right. They definitely need to build a lot more. I'd like to see them put some um kind of young guns into their defense and really bolster that if I was them looking at the draft coming up I'd be looking at kind of edge rushers safeties that type of thing to kind of bolster that defense for them yeah look it'd be good to see Matt Ryan obviously put on a bit of a show towards the back end you know build up his uh his trade value because he's got a bit of a nasty contract there and if you can you know, this team needs draft picks because they're they, they are, they've got some deficiencies on both sides of the ball. Going to be really interesting to see. When you've got uh, Cordell Patterson, you know, being your dominant player on offense, uh, that should be a red flag. Um, no offense, Cordell, who I know is an avid listener of Mojo Sports. But uh, all right, guys, I'm going to ask a very, very difficult question, and that is the theme of the NFC South. Who is going to win this football game? <laughs> Beck, uh, good luck, and, uh, yeah, give us your tip on this one. I mean, this is a tough one because, like, like division rivalry games are always big games and hard to pick on their own. And then at the same time, like, these two teams are, like, kind of on par with each other in terms of skills and abilities and um, players, all that kind of stuff. But um, I think I think this week I'm going to back the Falcons. Like, I feel like, you know, Cordell Patterson has been playing really well. I feel like he's been leading this team. He's putting up some big yardage and some touchdowns. He's on my fantasy team, so I, I like that he's playing well also. But I feel like against this Panthers defense, um, it's going to be a tough game, but I think they're going to outplay the offense. Yeah, look, I'm going to go Carolina with absolutely no confidence. Uh, look, it, mainly because of the defensive side of the ball. There are just too many star players on that side, but uh, yeah, I have no faith in that offense. Alex? See, I was going with Atlanta until you mentioned Carolina's defense, and now I'm like, that's an excellent point. So now I don't know, but I think I'm going to be playing to their standard of defense. I know they have been saying, playing their standard, and I think that's going to be the same across the board. And I think Atlanta, I mean, Matt Ryan did have his probably best game so far against the Buccaneers in the past week. So I'm going to go with Atlanta on this one, and I see them winning over the over the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, excellent. All right, guys. And speaking of the NFC South, we see, well, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be our next feature game as they come up against the Buffalo Bills. Alex, we can kind of go through this pretty quickly because Tampa Bay, 
they're just doing their thing, you know. They're obviously, you know, when, when you build up a team of veterans and when you bring all of your players back for, for an attempt at sort of trying to go back-to-back when it comes to the Super Bowl, you can just see that they're in first gear. You know, they're just doing enough to beat teams. They're, they're, not, they're trying not to show too much. They're not blowing teams away, but... Um, you know, they, they're still trying to find themselves a little bit this year. I guess Tampa Bay, they're just, um, they're just doing their thing, winning this division and, and tr- I guess waiting for the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And what's interesting is that with Antonio Brown being out with injury and that now coming up to being out with suspension, I don't think they need him. Like, I don't think that's a loss for them at all. I know he was kind of Brady's kind of top target in the first kind of couple of weeks, but I don't think they need him, especially now with Gronk kind of being healthy and back. I, and Mike Evans kind of just being that consistent receiver for them. I just don't think you need Antonio Brown. And I think he brings a little, you know, a little bit of a distraction maybe sometimes to the offense. As far as their defense goes, I would say that's the only area where maybe they've struggled in their losses. And I know we've talked about kind of Tampa in the past, but I think in the last kind of week and definitely against um, Atlanta, they kind of plug those holes. They're definitely getting through and they're making those quarterback hits and they were tackling for losses and getting those sacks and they're getting that pressure. And I think that was an area where when you have such a young defense, right, you're going to kind of ebb and flow and they kind of just lost it a bit. They lost their footing. They're still letting their secondary is letting them down, but I do think that rush defense is definitely stepping up a little bit more when they need to right now. I think for the hardest thing for this Bucks team is because we do know that they re signed all 22 starters from that Super Bowl game. So there's so much expectation about them for them to come out and play well and dominate and be the top team in the league. And I think that kind of um, had to, they had to humble themselves a little bit and kind of take a step back and losing a couple of games, I think has helped them to, like you said, for the defense to re have a look at themselves and fix some holes and some plugs. They have a couple of, they had a couple of injuries throughout the season, but I think, you know, Losing those games, I think, has kind of given them a kickstart yeah, into I, leading into the end of the season. Yeah, and I also think they've gone through more adversity this season, but that's not new. I think, you know, we, we underestimate the impact of injuries because this season we've just been riddled by injuries across the entire league. But if we just look at Tampa Bay in isolation, their secondary, to Alex's point, has been absolutely wiped out. So that makes it really, really challenging. And as we know, when your defense is struggling, little bit patchy, a little bit inconsistent, certainly not at the Super Bowl level we saw them last year. That creates problems for your offense. You're sort of taking more chances. So it, I, I guess for me, it's really hard to get a, a proper read on Tampa Bay until we get to the playoffs, until we see the best of these these veteran players. And you can just tell, even with their pass rush, a lot of their really experienced defenders, you can tell they're holding back just that little bit, um, trying to get through to the playoffs. So no, definitely, definitely one to watch. Um, and Alex did did uh, pick out Rob Gronkowski. We do have to mention him again because obviously he's battled through his injuries. Um, you know, fractured ribs, back, had a lot of lot of troubles, uh, but he's come back and he set the world on fire. Definitely a safety blanket there for uh, for Tom Brady, um, and a great little combination there. All right, guys, and let's just quickly cover the Buffalo Bills. Alex, it's, it's been an interesting ride when it comes to Buffalo because, you know, at the start of the season, everyone kind of picked them to be the dominant team there with Kansas City. What I would, what I would say on Buffalo is that they sort of epitomize some of the inconsistencies in the AFC overall. Yeah, they definitely do. And I think when you look at their losses, they're surprising losses because when you look at the stats, they tend to sometimes outperform when they lose. So it's always just a little bit of a struggle to kind of sit there and go, well, then why did you lose? I mean, their defense is still ranked number one. So you got to give them props for their, for that. 
Their offense ranked 13th. So originally they were kind of top. I think their offense is slowly kind of moving down the the, the field a bit. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, but, you know, their rushing is 20th. So I'd like to see them utilize. I know their run game is not strong, but I think when you're going up against the Buccaneers defense that is going to pick up that is going to pick apart kind of their top receivers. If that's not working for Josh Allen, he can't be the only player running the ball. So I think they've got to utilize their run game a bit more and just run kind of those short routes. Cause I think that's the key to kind of beating the Buccaneers. It's not those long deep ones. Cause I think these guys are young. They can keep up a little bit more, but I think if they just run those short routes, cross field, cross plane, I think that's where they're going to break down the Buccaneers and just slowly move their way up the field. Because I think if the, the, the bills hold possession longer, I think they can outlast the Buccaneers because I think their defense gets tired. So if they're the longer their Buccaneers defense is on the field, I think the bills will win. And I think the bills need to score early for that to win as well, because since 2019, the bills are 16 and one when Josh Allen has a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown in the first quarter. So they need to score first I think to be able to have any, not any chance, but have a higher chance of maybe winning because that's going to set them on the front foot. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would say there just needs to be a little bit more accountability on that offensive line, really trying to create some channels there for the running backs. The running backs have been God awful. You know, Zach Moss, he's become inactive. Devin Singletary is, he's woeful. I mean, he gets a a yard here, a yard there. That's just not getting... That's just not going to get it done at this level. They brought in Matt Breida, who, you know, he can have a breakout performance every now and again, but this is something Buffalo really need to address. And if you take away the running game, it's all on Josh Allen in terms of his arm. You double-team Stephon Diggs, a lot of pressure. You can see how, you know, this is really challenging, but there's so much talent in this team, they tend to overcome it. Um, The other thing, too, is the devastating blow of losing Tredavious White uh, for the season with that ACL. Um, obviously, his production on the field, we know about that, but it's off the field. It's in the locker room. He just brings a different bravado, a, a different feel to that defense. So, again, uh, a bit of a disappointing blow there for Buffalo. All right, uh, quick round the grounds for our predictions there. Alex, are you leaning towards Buffalo here? I, I think I'm going to go with Buffalo just because I think their secondary right now is ranked first in points allowed. Um, so I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think it's going to come down to whose defense can outlast. And I think just based on experience, I think it's going to come down to Buffalo. I just don't think the Buccaneers have the gas in their defense to be able to hold on. And Beck, you know, I can't tip against Tom Brady. So I'm going to go the Bucks. So that leaves you as the, as the tiebreaker. Uh, where are you going in this one? Oh man, such a tough game. Cause like these two teams are ranked so highly on both sides of the board. So I think I'm going to go with the Bucs just because I feel like Tom Brady has more experience, I think, and having Rob Gronkowski back as his go-to target, I think he'll be able to score quickly. So if these Bills, this Bills offense, you know, gets away from the Bucks defense, I think Tom Brady will be able to turn it around and drive the ball down and score pretty quickly to even it out. All right, guys, let's move through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we're going to power our way through the remaining games in Week 14. And I'm going to kick us off. Guys, my first game here is the Kansas City Chiefs coming up against the Las Vegas Raiders. And... You know, we could spend the next hour dissecting these two franchises at the moment, but there is a big stink 
in and around Kansas City. I mean, despite the fact they did win against Denver, it just gave me no confidence. You know, watching their offense, there is just something fundamentally wrong, and it's hard to understand why. You know, you see a football team with Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and they're playing so conservative without confidence. Uh, It's puzzling. And it's their defense that's actually been lifting this team. So uh, moving over to the Las Vegas Raiders, I don't understand how they're able to still play football given all of the off-season, off-the-field dysfunction that this franchise has gone through. Um, They're they're at a position where they have a lot of quality still in the team and they'll win uh, they'll win a, a random game here or there. And I think that's the, the games uh, in this one. So for me, I'm going to go to Las Vegas Raiders. I still think there's something there for Derek Carr to prove. Um, came off a, a, a bit of a disappointing himself. He'll uh, he'll want to get out there and perform. Um, the loss of Darren Waller remains to be a bit of an issue there for Vegas. Okay, and now moving through to the Cleveland Browns coming up against the Baltimore Ravens. What is happening at Baltimore? Lamar Jackson, he has got very loose with the football uh, and he's sort of he's moving away from what's made him a great player. You know, when we think about Lamar, we think about his running ability, uh, but it was his passing game over the past couple of seasons that's really sort of elevated him to be one of the the best quarterbacks in the game. And he has just been all over the place. Obviously, his safety valve has been his tight end in Mark uh, in Mark Edwards, but uh, Mark Andrews, sorry. And it's just. It's it, it's getting to the point where it, it it's him or bust. So for me, yeah, a lot of concerns in around that offense. Lamar, he's you know, I guess this this team is getting to a position where they can only beat teams by three points, last second field goals with Tucker. You know, you're going to lose football games there. So yeah, Baltimore, not a lot of confidence there. Moving over to Cleveland, they're still a good football team. They're just battling at the quarterback position with Baker, obviously having some injuries there. So I'm going to go with uh, Cleveland to win that one. Okay, now moving through, Dallas Cowboys coming up against Washington football team. On paper, uh, Dallas Cowboys should win this one convincingly, but I think it's going to be closer than what everyone thinks, being a division rival. This Washington football team, they're starting to put it together. I'm still not on the Heineke train, but uh, you know it, he's making it hard to dislike him. Obviously, he continues to make plays, which is impressive, and that defense is starting to show um, some signs of, of last season. So for me, I'm still going to go Dallas, but I think it's going to be closer than what a lot of people think. Moving it through now, Tennessee Titans coming up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, you know, the Jaguars, they're... they're, they're they're looking forward to the offseason, let's put it that way. Trevor Lawrence is having a miserable first season at quarterback. We're all trying to protect him. We're all trying to cover from him. Obviously, he's in a difficult situation, but he needs to play better. You know, that that's the reality of the situation. When it comes to Tennessee Titans, absolutely no confidence in this franchise without Derrick Henry. So, you know, don't be surprised if they go out and lose this one. For me, I've got to go with the Titans, but um, again, I think it's going to be closer than what a lot of people think. Alex, take us away. Cool. What was your underdog pick, by the way, Dan? I went with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, uh, yeah, to upset the Kansas City Chiefs. Cool. All right. Vikings Steelers. I think the way the Vikings play against the Lions, I think they've got to come out and start strong. I think the Steelers had a horrendous game this past week. And, I mean, that's just taught, like par for the course now with Ben Roethlisberger. He's just not – he's not looking good. So I'm going to go Vikings over the Steelers just because I think the Vikings are going to have something to prove there and they're going to come back. And as the Vikings, you know, the Vikings ebb and flow. So I think they're, they're going to want to win that one. Jets Saints. This is my upset. I think the Jets are going to beat the Saints on this one just because I think the Saints are just <laughs> with that quarterback position, just I not being that. where it needs to. 
that receiving core not being where it needs to, that running game being not where it needs needs to be. I think the Jets probably have a few more few, and I use few very lightly here, few more pieces together there than maybe the Saints. So I'm going to go Jets over the Saints as my underdog pick, and we'll see how that works. Everybody made fun of me last week for saying Lions to get their first win, so clearly I'm on track with something, or I got a magic touch. So Jets, Jets over the Saints. Bengals 49ers, I think the way the 49ers played, I think they'll they'll want to come back and prove something. Um, and I think the same thing with the Bengals. I think that game is going to be really interesting to watch. I think the Bengals might edge out the 49ers on that one, just based on the fact that Joe Burrows is having a great season. And, you know, the 49ers just can't seem to catch a break sometimes as far as penalties go. And they've had a few injuries in the since in, in this past game against Seahawks. So I think they're going to struggle there. And as far as Texans, Seahawks, who knows what's going to happen in that game, what team's going to show up. But, Beck, I'm going to be nice and go with the Seahawks this week just to make you happy. It's, uh, it's good to see that Russell Wilson still knows how to play quarterback. I think we're all kind of – Slightly freaking out that he kind of forgotten how to play. I mean, you know, he hurt his finger, but uh, come on, Russ, let's uh, let's make it happen. Well, I was I was shocked to see their win loss game. I looked at it this past week and was like, "Is that really what it is?" And uh, and Pete Carroll is aging terribly with all the stress. So good to see them get the win. All right, Beck, enough poking fun at you. Uh, let's run us through the the remaining games. All right, last four games for the week, starting with the Chargers versus Giants. Um, Chargers a comeback after this week. I feel like they played a really strong game. They look good on both sides of the ball. So I'm picking them over the Giants. I don't think the Giants are going to match up to them at all. Um, next game, Broncos-Lions. I want to pick the Lions just because they're coming off a win and I want them to keep winning, but I don't think it's going to happen even though this Broncos team is so inconsistent. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater um, isn't playing terribly, but he's not playing great, but he's playing better than the Lions. So I think the Broncos are going to win that one. Next one, Packers v Bears. Big game but I also don't think the Bears are going to get up this week. I mean, we've talked about this before. We've seen this matchup, um, you know, in the season already, and the Bears are just struggling so hard in that quarterback position. I just I feel sorry for them, and Packers are just on a roll. Like, they're, they're looking like a Super Bowl team at the moment, so I think they're going to win that one. I take it back. I picked Texans over Seahawks. <laughs> you do not. You can't take it back once it's said it's said. Oh, oh well, eat your words. If, when Seattle win, you will eat your words. Um, and the, the last game is a big division rival game, and it's the Cardinals Rams, and it's going to be my underdog pick of the week. Um, I read some stats about this game. The Rams, since um, having Sean McVay as their head coach, have not lost a game to the Cardinals. They're eight and zero going into this week against the Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals again. They're just looking super strong on offense now that they have Kyler Murray. And um, DeAndre Hopkins back on that offense. I think they're going to come out and they're going to defeat these Rams. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, If you did, as always, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. 
Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.